the world of web to be completely governed by just a handful of companies, Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, and these companies make all the decisions and just restrict the entire ecosystem so much that at a certain point you feel like, okay, on the one hand, you can create whatever you want, but the rules and re regulations that come from Facebook and Apple for so strict sometimes, and they change very often. And the degree towards how the developers are treated by these companies is not how the public image would probably say. And we realized that, hey, this movement towards the next era of internet, Web3, comes out because of the satisfaction of Web2. And everything that we felt about it, which we realized that it has been shared with basically almost any developer who comes out of web two, including us. So it's not about the hype that you read about on the internet. It's about basically moving on to do what you do best, but do that in a better environment, in a better atmosphere, in, in, in a better sort of field in general. And as we started to realize what it is, it just completely blew our minds. And we now know we can accumulate that knowledge and expertise and really do something cool in the web three, not just because it's on the hype or something cool to do, but rather we understand deeply on why the web two is moving to web three and we are like right in the middle of it. Welcome to Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel, where we explore projects in decentralized finance that are innovating and driving our mission of financial freedom forward. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review Mission DeFi and spread the word by posting a tweet to the show. All opinions expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests are their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Black Knox, Material Indicators, or any other affiliated organizations. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests as an inducement to make a particular investment, follow a particular strategy, or become involved with any project. A project being featured on the show is not an endorsement of that project in any way. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Now, here's Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel. Hey, Mission DeFi community, thank you so much for tuning in today. I quickly want to give a disclaimer about my relationship with the team in this episode. I am officially an advisor to the Walk-In Project. The reason I'm an advisor to the project is they have a rockstar team with rockstar experience and an incredible track record of success. I believe that their model of an exercise to earn application with strong development and strong marketing behind it and creating a DeFi environment for newbies can drive millions of people into the ecosystem. So it was a no brainer for me when they asked me to be an advisor. So know that going into this, I have a financial interest in their success. If they are successful, I'm successful. So I have a bias. You should be aware of that when you're thinking about 
walking or any other project, find out where the biases are. So I wanted you all to be aware of that before we got started today. So you could go in with a clear head and analyze logically whether or not you think this project has the opportunity for success. Thank you so much for listening. If you love what we're doing, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Have a great day. I am excited today to have on the show the founders of Walkin, which is a walk to earn, exercise to earn application being launched in the crypto space, but has a much bigger vision and goal for that. And I'm excited about it because number one, uh, I'm serving as an advisor to the project and have really gotten to know these three founders and how successful they've been in the mobile app business already. But I'm excited too, because I think this is a project that can do a dramatic amount of growth for the overall DeFi ecosystem. And I'm excited about their vision for bringing average users that aren't in DeFi yet into the crypto and DeFi space. I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. They are also the founders of GetFit Apps. So their uh, credibility in the space as very successful mobile app developers brings a lot to this project. Alexi, do you want to start introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about yourselves? And then we'll go around Robin here and let you guys introduce. And then let's talk about how the company came about and your history. Yeah, sure thing, Brad. Uh, thank you for having us, first of all. So my name is Alexei Kulovets. I'm the CEO and, and co-founder of GetFit Apps and now of Walkin. So my, my, my role in the company is basically spearheading most of key strategic partnerships, strategy, and, and also the, the business and uh, admin side of things. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Also, thanks from my side for giving us a chance to participate in your interview for your uh, subscribers. And hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Alexey Paradinsky. Uh, yes, I'm here also co-owner of the company with my partners, Alexey and Konstantin. So I'm responsible here for the resources and for the business development for the all of our projects and businesses in the uh, mobile development product uh, sphere. And here we start the new product called Walking, and we have a wonderful perspective for the project at the moment. Hope that will be appreciated by every one of the users around the globe. Awesome. Cool. Hi everyone. My name is Konstantin. Thank you, Brett, for having us. I'm responsible. I'm basically a co-founder of GetVidApps and now Walkit. And I'm a, I'm a product director uh, here. And I'm responsible basically for everything that is connected for product management and, uh, and marketing and uh, everything from creating the product from the scratch to like performance advertising and uh, yeah, everything connected with the user problems and solving them and user process. Excellent. All right. I'd love to hear how you guys started the company, why you started the company and how the three of you met to get this thing rolling, which has turned into an incredibly successful company in the mobile space. Yeah, sure. I can maybe start uh, with a little bit of a background and, and then guys can add. We've known each other for a while. Actually, Alexei and Kostya have been have known each other for most of their life. And we met with them with Alexei about 10 years ago, something like that, maybe just a little bit less. And we, at, at some point, we, we worked in a software development company, all three of us doing project development for like work for hire companies. So the, the vast majority of development talent and technical talent was focused not on creating their own products 
products, but just doing work for hire for companies in the US primarily. We've been working there and just doing a lot of client work and traveling around the globe and just seeing seeing successful customers, startups and companies and like bigger SARS corporations kind of ordering the software. And it, 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 like I was always wondering why would people do something of their own if they can just do this kind of work and learn from others. But then at a certain point, you start realizing that, okay, if you're doing something for somebody, then whoever is paid for this work, got to be getting out something out of it. And we, we came to realize that actually, uh, the, the ones who own the software and the ones who own the IP and the ones who create the idea actually gets all, all, all the benefits. Obviously this comes down with challenges and risks and stuff like that. And as we grew a, a little bit older and as we were running more successful projects, we realized that this is like the, the fun of entrepreneurship and the, the path of creating something of your own is, I don't know, 10 X more exciting than doing, doing the client work. So we decided that, okay, at some point we definitely definitely would like to try something out there. Um, we were not too keen about the enterprise software development and like some of the big uh, corporate stuff. So when the boom of mobile apps happened, yeah, we realized that if this is something that we would like to try out and yeah, we, uh, we started doing that. It was actually before 2017, but yeah, around that time doing mobile apps on our own, trying, trying to build the perfect product. And we <laughs> just, it's funny to remember those times when we made almost any mistake possible, like uh, <laughs> doing, doing too much work, perfecting the product before pushing it out, getting the user feedback and just get, actually getting to know whether somebody needs that product or not. So we were thinking, we know exactly. <laughs> what the market wants and what users want. But uh, yeah, this, as, as the story goes, the classic situation where the more mistakes you make, the faster you learn. So it's a little bit painful in the beginning, but actually this, uh, this pushes you to learn harder and switching the mentality from the like outsourcing service mindset towards the product creation mindset. That was the biggest kind of challenge to do. And in, in the beginning, it just feels that, okay, that, that, that never happens. Nobody wants to use our app. Nobody downloads it or like people just, you know, the, uh, stop using that. But yeah, after a certain point where we, 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 we found the way. And yeah, since then it's been, it's been almost a, a par parabolic growth, like in, in many regards. And yeah, this is basically how our web to our story got started. So that was that there was around 2017. Was the, were the initial apps all in this similar category that you guys have found your home in, or were they all over the place, different kinds of things that you thought of? So initially we started with, with actually a wide variety of things. We, some of the first products that, that we did were in uh, entertainment and utility category. So we had uh, the color books, uh, like small puzzle games, kind of things like that. So basically like small entertainment apps, which which were popular on the app store. And back at the day, almost uh, whatever you were doing, it was like, if you, if you get it right and you how the marketing works, uh, how the user acquisition is done and, and stuff like that then it's, it's no issue and you can scale that pretty fast. After a certain point, we realized that, okay, making, make, making like a lot of products is fun, but we realized we wanted to do something meaningful and more impactful for us. So the products that we really like ourselves and yeah, we decided to, to pick the industry of health and fit. It's been on a huge growth for the last 
10 years and back in the day that was maybe early 18 yeah we, we decided to jump on that train and yeah it, it it was the right choice because the the market has been growing uh, significantly and more importantly not only is it a growing market but that's something we can contribute to personally that that's something we we use ourselves and care about sort of our health and mental health and physical health so we ended up creating the portfolio of six products the main of which are workout, walking and diet. And yeah, since then the health and fitness portfolio have been comprising maybe 70, 70 plus percent of, uh, of our like revenue and, and portfolio stats. So we've been focusing on that really since then. That's awesome. And as you right now today, I know from working with you guys that you are a pretty sophisticated machine of marketing and development and uh, product iteration, how was that something that you sat back and said, okay, we've got to get smart about data. We've got to get smart about user acquisition and, and how we convert users into paying users. And, or was it something that's just been built small piece by small piece as you went along to get to where you are now? Yeah, it, it was more the latter, I would say. So yeah, like uh, small piece by small piece or like step by step, because when we came into this business, we, we basically had no formal education on how to do apps on and like how to do the technically, how to market that. And we we basically learned that as, as we go, the market conditions were pretty favorable, I would say, but still the competition was really hard. It was a good challenge that you can grow fast, but you can also see that others kind of grow and die at the same time. And the market had some fluctuations out there. The building the team was really paramount here. So getting strong technical people with like good product mindset and focus on the user. Whenever you're building the product that you're selling yourself, the, it is critical to think about the users, like their needs, their goals, what they're looking for, and just not, not, not try to imagine what they want, but rather you test it. So we ended up doing like a, a lot of product tests and a lot of marketing tests to really target the right audience and, and, and then giving them the product that they are looking for. And interestingly, walking is actually our most um, popular and most successful product. And we would never guess it just by ourselves because it sounds like, okay, the fitness app is, is all about like workout and stuff. Yeah. Maybe the component of uh, diet is, is definitely out there, but walking it's just for fun. But as we started to work on walking, yeah, we realized that uh, people actually want to do that and we get a much better quality of the audience and uh, like the user metrics, the the, the product and financial metrics, like retention and stuff uh, were really high. And over time, walking became the leading app, like by far outgrowing everything else. And we became one of the leaders in, on the entire app store on this. And we would never guess that before we started doing that. But by that moment, we already had good product expertise and technical expertise and also marketing expertise. So that when we found the niche that was allowing for the growth, we basically were ready for that and the growth exploded. I don't know, Kwasi, maybe you want to add some some of the details on like on, on the product side and marketing side here. Yeah, we basically we basically built the we basically built the the technical all the technical side on by our own, all the analytic tools and, and we've connected lots of tracking tools that are actually are on the market, connected them to directly understand what our users are doing in the app, how much do they pay, what do they pay for, and uh, that we actually can calculate their lifetime value. 
and it allowed us to to this calculation of of their lifetime value allowed us to make the performance advertising a lot better because we basically understood how much money we can pay for advertising to acquire like one user and uh, like uh, depending on the country that we acquiring them from and uh, from the plan that they're paying for and stuff like that so yeah we put lots of efforts into all the systems that we have but yeah it it let us grow very fast at, at some point yeah and it's so it's not really about uh hey this is a great idea let's release this and see what happens it's really become a data modeling thing for you guys where you're really focused on understanding what works and tweaking the apps as they grow and mature and you add new functionality to understand what's going to be most valuable to the user and what's going to be most valuable to your company. Yeah, yeah precisely. So building, building good quality product, that's really important to get it to the market bill as you see the potential out there, but then sort of iteration by iteration, altering the product to make sure that like you find exactly your niche and exactly your audience. And if the market conditions change again, you change that on the technical level, and then you apply this to the marketing level as well. And this is how you can make a successful product. And it, 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 it's also something that you learn in the process and it comes with a certain amount of pain because if you, if you do it the wrong way, then you spend money, not just on product creation, but also on product advertising. So, and, and this eats up the budget really fast. So you, you understand you, you got to find it and number of attempts to do that. So yeah, it, it kind of makes you cautious on the one hand, but also the hunger to do something great is bigger and balancing on that allows you to, to, to basically find this trajectory where you can get to your goal effectively and not, not die on the way to it. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, look, I think you all, obviously it takes a bit of luck in the beginning to have some enough success to keep you off of life support, but at the same time, being able to adapt and change and realize the data you need to make smart decisions about what you develop and release is also important. You guys have had, you've been at this for five years. Can you give us a little bit of idea of how successful the company's been? Whatever you're willing, you know, and comfortable disclosing, whether it be app user numbers or revenue numbers, whatever, I'll leave that up to you. But can you talk to us about how the company's done so far? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So yeah, they, they, we're pretty public about what we do. And so the company has been roughly uh, five, five years on, uh, uh, since we decided it's not a hobby, but it's a business since we started making some money. Uh, last year, we turned about 10 million uh, in revenue. The, the team that we currently have, it's uh, around 50 people. Half of the team wow. is on the technical side. So developers, QA engineers product and project managers, so people creating the product and also the other half marketing people and marketing generalists, user acquisition or media buying specialists, like motion designers, graphic designers, so people push, pushing that on the outside. And all, all, importantly, all of that we do in-house, so we do not outsource anything or maybe like some small bits and pieces, but the core competency on the product creation marketing is in-house. And over the last five years, we've been able to refine and really build a solid core team. So this allows us to try new things fast. And even if the experiment is not successful, we can, you know, jump to the next one. So the process is established and out there. Yeah. And yeah, we know we can count on the team and we, we know the performance that we're going to get. And yeah, th this allows us to experiment bravely and, and try new things with open mind. That's a pretty significant sized development team for an app studio. Was it hard finding talent for, is it hard finding talent to, to fulfill roles? Or do you often bring people in that you think are smart and fit them into the to learning the, what you guys already do. 
Yeah, it's it might be a common answer that yes, it is pretty hard, and this industry is growing super fast. So the competition is out there. At the same time, you not only need the qualified um, technical guys in place, but you need to get the right mindset of product creation people because it's not just the product manager like Costa and his team who basically define what needs to be done. If the developer's mindset is outsourcing oriented, then he or she is more like, okay, tell me exactly what to do. Give me a full-blown specification and I'm going to deliver that to you, so like whatever the timeline is. If you're working on your own product, it doesn't work this way. You're definitely going to fail because everything is changing pretty much every day and you got to be thinking open-mindedly uh, like about the users, about about the kind of use flows and just things happening in the world. And that, that should happen not just on product manager's level, but also on the team level, like even the developers. So to get this mindset thinking on product creation is, I would say, one of the most difficult things to do. And this is a really hard habit to, to develop because if, if the person has this mindset, then, you know, it's easier to adopt. But so some people may be brilliant engineers, but they just think uh, outsourcing fashion. And to, to convert them into product creators, like the real builders is really hard. So yeah, it's finding these people and also training them and like converting them to this mindset. Yeah, that's, that's been a big and challenging task and it always is. So that's why kind of building up the core team is super important. And that's why we're so proud, uh, you know, to have a really strong backing of the team that now we can create literally anything. Uh, and it doesn't really matter what it is, as long as we're on the same page, we have a certain vision and process on what we're going to do in certain market situations and like how we're going to ad adapt and reiterate. And yeah, that's, that, that's basically become like a way of life. And uh, that's the motto we follow every day. It's almost like a constant startup mentality, right? Because you guys have to be agile enough to adapt to market conditions, geographies, demographic changes, function, feature changes, but you're also creating multiple apps and managing multiple apps that have those kinds of changes. So I assume that's a big part of that creator mentality is, hey, we we have to be ready and able to change. We have to accept that some things are going to die and um, Absolutely. To be able to adapt and pivot to what the market wants. Exactly. The, the main thing is to understand early on whether something is going to grow is going to work or, or that's not going to work and as long as you as, as long as you make the decisions at the right timing uh then that that does not affect you much yeah because thinking too much about something can get you to, to a wrong place or like we're working too much on, on something so being really cautious and aware on of the product and like where it is from, from the market and like testing it as early as possible. Yeah, that's really critical. And yeah, it's only about trial and error. So there is no, like you, you can read a thousand books about that, but it, it's trying that every every day basically helps you to develop the skill and then you start feeling. That's, that, that makes complete sense. So you guys have this incredibly successful mobile app company, Studio. Uh, I don't know how you refer to yourselves. That's almost operating like a startup incubator. You have this amazing team, you're doing great. And now you want to dive into the chaos of crypto and DeFi. What makes you want to make um, that kind of a move? Yeah, it's a great question. And yeah, we've been living with that for the past, I don't know, six months or so. <laughs> um, uh, 
uh, and every now and then you say, oh. you know, when I was, when I heard the term uh, crypto, like, first of all, crypto was associated more, more with buying and selling Bitcoin and stuff. And yeah, I, I just realized that uh, like this, this speculation bubble is just draws so much attention, but the world of Web3 is not really what, like what it seems on the outside. But uh, when I started reading about Web3, I didn't actually realize there was the Web2 and Web1. So we, we started to look through the, you know, where you were. And then as we, as we educated ourselves, we realized like, hey, we are exactly in the middle of Web 2. What's going on? And the public's disinterest or like the public's anger with Web 2 is, is exactly what we felt a lot through our process. Basically, the world of Web 2 being completely governed by just a handful of companies, Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, and these companies make all the decisions and just restrict the entire ecosystem so much that at a certain point you feel like, okay, on the one hand, you can create whatever you want. But the rules and re regulations that come from Facebook and Apple for it so strict sometimes, and they change very often. And the degree towards how the developers are treated by these companies is not how the public image would probably say. And we realized that, hey, this movement towards the next era of internet, Web3, comes out because of the satisfaction of Web2. And everything that we felt about it, we, we realized that it has been shared with basically almost any developer who comes out of web two, including us. So it's not about the hype that you read about on the internet. It's about basically moving on to do what you do best, but could do that in a better environment, in a better atmosphere, in, in, in a better sort of field in general. And as we started to realize what it is, it just completely blew our minds. And we now know we can accumulate that knowledge and expertise and really do something cool in the web three, not just because it's on the hype or something cool to do, but rather we understand deeply on why the web two is moving to web three and we are like right in the middle of it. I think the freedom given um, the permissionless nature of Web3 allows companies to rethink how they operate. And something as important as you all going from spending a lot of time trying to get people to pay you to actually paying them and rewarding them for doing things that they already want to do, which is exercise, get healthier, et cetera. I'm sure that's a powerful model. I think it probably ends ends up creating more complicated things that you guys have had to learn over the space of the last six months of building and planning this thing and testing the marketing around it. But it also empowers you more and probably gives you a hell of a lot more freedom in what you develop, how you develop and how you approach the market. Yeah, precisely. And th this is exactly how, how we, what we were thinking on, Hey, what exactly do we create in like for, for the web three? And as we started to ask this question, we actually, we, we felt a, a bit of a stumble because we didn't, we had no idea where to start. And one of the obvious choices was to say, okay, Hey, let's just take our successful apps and turn them into web three products and just launch, launch them, uh, just, just on web three. But we, we quickly realized that that's not the way to go. And like the way to go is to, to find the niche where you can create something valuable and make sure that we can leverage, uh, all of our skills on the strong sides and convert them to the web three. So like we've done a lot of brainstorming. And Costa suggested like, Hey, let's take walking as an example. So walking is our most successful product to date. We have a lot of users, a lot of user data and user patterns. So we know that walking as a concept works. So it's not a hardcore fitness app, uh, but walking allows you to on onboard a wide audience who would like to be healthy and who are eager to pay for, for great walking plans and like walking programs. 
and we said like, okay, we know for a fact that people love walking. And so we uh, like, we know that from inside the industry, but like, how do we create the product based on that, not making it a hardcore fitness app because we wanted to make something a little bit different. So in, in the walking project, we've taken walking as just to, to basically adopt people. And because it's, everybody is walking every day anyway, so it, it's super easy for everyone and everybody has a smartphone. And then on top of that, we, we basically invented a small game, which, uh, which is completely competition driven. That's something we also know from the sports and from the world of health and fitness apps. A lot of desire and motivation comes in, not just from your goals, but just competing with your friends. So running faster than your neighbor, walking more, lifting more weights or whatever this might be. So competition is a really strong factor for that. So we decided to add the, the element of competition in the game, like the, the, the funny animal that's going to be like the main hero. So it's you, who, whoever's going to be playing. And so the person walks in real life and then they. They have a castlet, as we call them, or which is like a funny athlete uh, who's going to be competing. And then th this is where the play to earn component comes in. So that, that was our transition from web two to web three. Another component I would like uh, to mention, and th this is exactly, this is actually what you helped us with when we we're putting together the strategy of like, how do we enter the web three market? We know that, okay. Some of the things we, we know we can do well, and this is technical execution, product execution marketing so we can we know how to create the good product fast we know how to create like the good looking product that people would enjoy looking at and enjoy using at and we know how to distribute that towards a mass audience so with this mindset of building prototypes and distributing them and just making sure this works yeah we would like to take all of that expertise from web 2 field and bring that to web 3 our, our CTO has been like living and dreaming in the world of Solana. So yeah, at this point, we already have a small R&D team in-house that's basically just doing blockchain. And yeah, these are like solid technical engineers who, which can pick up pretty much any technology in a matter of uh, like several weeks on, on basic level and se several months on, on a more advanced level. Yeah. So we call the strategy, uh, Robin Hood of DeFi and this is where we see ourselves. So to create a really mass market appeal, like super slick looking, super easy to use, and just something that we can target towards pretty much anyone. And we know that like the crypto community is big, but there is a much, much bigger community still waiting to join. And, and we, we can target all of them getting both crypto natives and also the, the new audience, a way to enjoy crypto from the beginner level towards a more advanced one. Nice. I, let's real quickly, I've pushed you down the path in this conversation and we haven't actually taken a top level look at the product that you're first launching and that is Walken. And the concept is that it's, a, I will tell you, it's a beautifully designed app because I'm using it, but it is a app that tracks your steps. And as you track your steps, you earn points in the game tokens, not crypto tokens, but points in the game that allow you to take your cathlete and increase and improve that character's opportunity to win these competitions and battles that you were talking about earlier. And then the end result of that is that you will then earn walk-in tokens for doing better and better in the competitions and in the game. And the other piece of this is, is that the cathletes and the components of the cathletes are actually, that'll also be tradable. And then the ultimate goal is to say, okay, we've onboarded all these people who are using this app, who are walking, who are getting healthier, who are earning tokens and have their NFTs. Now we have the opportunity to, to introduce them to DeFi applications. 
and we can allow them to earn more from what they've already earned from getting healthier. Is that a good way to summarize it? No, that, but that's perfect, Brad. You nailed it. And yeah, I know with these words and we can explain that to anyone. Awesome. Okay. So I, I wanted to ask real quickly, cause you made me think of something. What, what was the reaction of your team when you told them you guys were going to make this move? The team was excited as hell and because kind of building something new is, is always exciting and like the the culture that we adopted at the company is we love to try new things and we love to try new experiences ourselves and the entire team. I, I would say that whenever we're doing something for a bit too long, it, it like at some point, whatever you're doing, it gets a little bit boring. So introducing something new is always great. So yeah, I would say like a mix of challenge, but also the sort of the smell of novelty is, is what drive people's uh, motivations really. Nice. Um, I don't know, Costa, maybe you have some kind of deeper stories or, or examples on that, if you remember the first reactions on guys. Yeah, basically everyone was excited because everyone had the feeling about the whole crypto space as, as, as we had like a, a year ago. And it's like more about sell, buying and selling stuff. And yeah, and you just reading some uh, press releases or something about some companies making some NFT projects or, or something, you always think it's somewhere far. You know? And then when we decided that we were going to make this move, not everyone knew about it, but the, our R&D team was very excited. Yeah. And that's actually about, it, it shows their excitement because the, the, when we were picking the, the chain that we're going to use for it, so we, we actually made a prototype that was, uh, actually running on the test net. We made it on four or five chains and, uh, they all were different in words like flow, avalanche, finding smart chain and, and Solano. So we put like lots of efforts in it. And when you start something doing a, on a new chain, you need to learn how it works in there because all of them are basically different and uh, yeah, they, they made it like very, very fast. Yeah. Developers love a new technical toy and challenge. Yeah. I love that. If you give them the freedom, they would be playing with that all day long and they would happily explore. Like, yeah. It's only all made it. Chains. Yeah. At some point you got to make the business decision. So yeah. We, yeah. I'm sure the rest of the development team is chomping at the bit to be uh, playing with the rest of them. I was I had a question about demographics, right? Cause I'm curious, I know you guys have been test marketing, but the original walk-in app, did, do the users of that app skew older or is it a real cross-section of demographics for people that use that app and have become paying users of the original? If we're talking about the, our, our walk-in app, uh, the that's actually is made for just staying in Alpha or like you know, losing some right. weight or something. Yeah. It's a more, uh, older usually it's like maybe uh, the majority of them is like 35 plus or maybe oh, okay. 40 plus. Yeah. But that was actually the point <laughs> when we decided to have that walk in into the walk-on project. And that's why we made a, a marketing test with the, to see, uh, to see the reaction of, of the broad audience for move to earn or walk to earn project. And we've seen that actually the audience that is reacting and actually is, for example, subscribing for a newsletter or following us on Twitter or like on Discord, it is like really broad. So 18 plus and like up to 65 years and plus. And the, the audience is very, really, I don't know, wide. As Alex said before, so that's because everyone walks and, and basically that's the only stuff that everyone does. 
and it it is tracked like 100% because like we also eat or brush our teeth every day, but it is not tracked by our iPhones or like Android devices. But walking is actually tracked and everyone knows that it is tracked. And uh, if you give the possibility to people to somehow try to monetize it in any way, so it makes lots of excitement for them. Yeah, I have a new category for you guys for, for another app down the line. I want a um, brush your teeth, do your chores, go to yeah. bed on time to her <laughs> for my kids. <laughs> That's a good app That's for good. kids, for yeah. sure. Totally, man. We'll indoctrinate them to crypto. And my kids, you don't have to indoctrinate, but definitely could use that, man. I need something. I got to have something. That's great. No, that's amazing because uh, I think that's a really good sign. And you guys are, your outreach is worldwide, right? You're not just limited to one geography, right? So this whole promise of onboarding people in an easy and simple way into crypto and then moving them into simplified DeFi where they can earn more. I'm assuming things like there are stablecoin yields out there that'll earn users anywhere from 4% to 23%. And those are the kinds of things that are fairly safe that you can offer to them in the interface. That's a concept, right? Is that you really want to make this something easy, fairly conservative, but allows people to see the promise of being able to earn more from what they're already earning from one. Yeah, precisely. That's the point. And yeah, again, the goal is to, yeah, to make to make a mass product and to make it fun and really accessible for everybody. And we know that we have a real possibility to build a big brand out there. Because again, making the comparison to the Web2, in the Web2, what we do is essentially we sell people the personalized programs of whether it's like gaining muscles or losing weight or like optimizing their like their diet. So it, it's all content-based. It's high-quality product, but uh, uh, it is still something that is normally sold on a subscription basis that, that is recurring and stuff like that. So we, we need to find the audience who is looking exactly for that and, and is ready to pay for, for that because that, that's how we make money. We also target people in in the leading countries, in the wealthier countries, so the US, the, the Europe and English-speaking countries, New Zealand, Australia. So that's where the there is the culture of paying a significant amount for that. Whereas with walking, we can target a much, much wider audience because here we not sell people anything. We sell them the idea of getting money just for walking and the, the click-through rates, the metrics, the sort of the, uh, the cost per click metrics are like 10 times, if not a hundred times wow. more, more lucrative. And yeah, like for instance, uh, countries with lower income, like in the web two, we're just no, no reach for us because we know we will, we, we won't be able, you know, to sell the product out there, uh, simply because there is not in the culture, uh, and also the sort of the buying ability to do that. Whereas here, all of the bigger countries with a lower income is actually giving us uh, a much, much bigger opportunity. So we can target Asia, Africa, we can target, you know, the entire globe and with the product skills and marketing skills, we know like our leverage of outreach globally can, can allow us to create the product fast and distribute that fast. And that's exactly, you know, how we would like to enter the world of web three. And I think bringing this, um, into the community, uh, we would help to increase the entire ecosystem because we're going to be offering things to some of the experienced crypto natives, basically DeFi mechanisms they already know, and they can already start using the product on a more advanced level if they want to, whereas others who can enter the, the, uh, can enter the world of crypto via walking, um, and knowing, not knowing much about crypto, but just playing a funny game and, and, and walking would allow them to make some money 
And then like we can slowly but steadily show them, okay, what the world of crypto is about, what possibilities are out there, like how you can make more money with yields, with staking and stuff like that. Not only are we going to get the audience for our product, but we're going to be increasing the entire pot, the entire ecosystem. And I think this is the mission we're coming in with. And yeah, we're going to do everything that in our power to actually make this happen. That's one of the things I was most excited about with you guys is my goal always is expand, expand how many people are using DeFi products. And I just really believe this is an awesome gateway to that. And, and I think that your skill set, like one of the things I rant about all the time in DeFi is the horrendous user experience and user interfaces of the projects put out. Now, that's a matter of developers who are great at Solidity or whatever smart contract language they're using but not necessarily so great at interface and a content audience in our little bubble who's okay with trying to read 40 pages of documentation to figure out how an app works. But mm -hmm. if we're actually going to expand and grow, we have to provide elegant, beautiful, intuitive user interfaces that, that hides away the complexity of these financial applications. And that's why I was most excited about you because I think that you can open that door and I think you can open that door for the wealthiest countries to the poorest countries. And I think it's something else that's important here is you look at the success of Axie Infinity in the Philippines, right? And other countries that have uh, lower incomes on average, though they were incredibly successful there because people were able to earn an actual living using the application, but the upfront cost of getting onboarded to Axie Infinity yeah. required an entire ecosystem of guilds to invest and take a percentage of what people were earning um, in order to get them the NFTs to get into Axie Infinity. But with you guys, there's no, there is no barrier to this, right? You install the app and you start walking. And, and to me, that gateway to everyone in the world being able to earn and then move into DeFi with something that they've earned from getting healthier is a really uh, fantastic model. It's exactly what we were inspired by initially, like studying X infinity model, but like the understanding that we need to create something simpler came pretty much from day one, because getting, getting to, to, to understand how everything is working and even launching and playing X infinity yeah. was a bit of a challenge, you know, to say really? the least. And, and we are considered to be technically savvy guys. So we more or less understand, understand how the technology works. So it was pretty hard for us to like with all transparency and like whoever is less technically savvy, that's next to impossible so we immediately realized that okay like we, we're gonna create like a product that's way way easier to enter but the, the economics itself should be a little bit more sophisticated rather than just walking because if you pay people for walking that's not a sustainable model so instead we connected walking as the way to onboard people because everybody walks and everybody has a phone so like more or less everybody and on the other hand okay you have your castlet in the game which you can basically feed and, and develop like a tamagotchi to make it faster stronger and make it com compete against other castlets and by winning against others this is how you get the walking token. So it's not, it does not happen automatically just by right. walking. You get certain points, but there is only so far you can go with them and upgrading your castlets and taking it to the next level and then competing is what gets you the token. And this level of competition of, okay, making sure you, you get enough steps to, to feed your castlet uh, kind of more and make it faster and stronger and actually win some, get some victories of walking within a day. That's going to be a small competition within each user that we would like to have. And then, yeah, it's going to take maybe five minutes uh, or 10 minutes per day. So that's going to be not uh, kind of 
very time consuming on a casual level, but this uh, feeling of gratification that you're doing something good for your body and that your casket is, is getting something for you. Yeah. That's uh, the, the, just uh, the thing that makes you feel good and uh, making it good for yourself in real life and also feeding you on, on that casket and winning. Yeah. I think it's good mechanics to, to get like a little bit of healthy addiction and fun from the gameplay and definitely making some tokens on the relative to Axie infinity and the 18 hours a day that uh, people have to put into that game, not to mention the upfront investment. I think it's obviously a smart model. And the other part of it is that as they, as their Catholic grows in capabilities, as those are those as NFTs, you are going to make those things that people can trade and buy and sell as NFTs. Yeah. Everything in the game would be NFT. So the, the castles themselves, you can have several, you can crossbreed them to mean the new ones, more unique ones. And there will be infinite uh, amounts of upgrades, like shorts, sneakers, for different kind of gear to, to make your castle more sporty and can compete against others. So all of that can be traded as well. The basic economy would be to motivate people to spend the, the token within the ecosystem because spending it on level up or spending it on getting additional gear would allow you to get even more token so the basic principle is invest one token today to make two tokens tomorrow so instead of people just dumping it on the exchange at first possibility uh we're going to be motivating them to earn even more by that stimulating the healthy uh, health circulation within the uh, within the ecosystem some good life lessons too about investing for the longer term i like that ah you bet it <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. What is the status? Oh, wait, one quick question I wanted to ask you. I know you guys have been talking to investors. What's the reaction from investors when you really had the opportunity to talk to them like we've talked today about the vision? I, I know it's positive, but I, I'm just kind of curious what, what responses you've gotten to this and how it's going. Yeah, most of people uh, like it. And uh, this is actually also one of the things that, that, that made us motivated ourselves because we, as we were starting our, our path in, in crypto, so we, we didn't know exactly which way to go because in our web to business, we actually never attracted a single dollar. So the business has been bootstrapped completely from zero to 10 million per year. So we like this independent uh, style and it, it does have some pros and cons. Definitely here in crypto, the decision was to take it the industry way. And we would be lucky to get some of the really great investors on board pretty much from day one and them trusting into the concept, into the team. And I think that the inspiration that we had ourselves just loving the product and also the team that we have working on that. And we started the fundraise after we already developed the prototype first. So when we came to talk to first people, we didn't have like the pitch deck fully structured, but we already had the prototype. Then we started showing, like Alexei is actually, okay, like when we normally talk to people, he's just showing them the game, the castles, how they're running, competing and all, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, that, that got people exciting. And we really got super motivated when some of the high profile investors basically said, guys, I'm with you from day one. And we were able to get a few of them, such as Gaff Capital from Dubai, for instance, some of the early ones or like Shima Capital. They loved in it like from the first side. And then from them, we got like a ton of connection and exposure to other people. People, uh, some people don't get the concept and, and this is fine, but so far the majority loves it. So that's why we realized that, yeah, that's, we definitely got to do that. And the, the main thing investors is important, the community, the way the community is excited like yeah. that, that is in parallel because we started building the community on, on the socials, on discord, Twitter, uh, telegram, and we started like acquiring users from classic way of doing media buying. So targeting, targeting users. And so all of the users out there on the socials are real organic ones. We pay two bucks to Facebook uh, and, and so to like uh, TikTok to actually get them. 
So the community were like asking questions. Hey guys, when the, when is the beta coming? Okay, I want to download it. I want to play it. People writing to us on LinkedIn, in Telegram, just basically everywhere to Alexi, to Kostya, and, and to myself. And we realized that, okay, people want this app before it's made. And we, we realized that, yeah, we like, now we're definitely doing that. I was a little worried about your social team when I saw the, the flood of questions coming in. I hope they're able to keep up. Yeah, yeah, it's struggling, but... Yes. <laughs> It's a little bit more, more job for our supporting team of the whole project business. So we have uh, general guys in the supporting department, but they also like the project. And I want uh, to admit one more question about some ad, uh, additional information from my side regarding the, how do we like make our team wow about the project? So due to our own business, we did a lot of job doing well ourselves. And due to the things to last year, we find lots of general guys like genius for us. And they help us a lot to um, you know, control the business. And that's why we have a little bit more time, more to uh, divide it into two parts of the R&D. And from the perspective of stable technical side of the two mobile business, we take them high technology guys, one of them are our CTO and he's very excited and not only the money, the rule for their, we're willing to do something incredible and not only the, the money, but the high technology stuff. And he extremely like a high technical guy and told me that it was and working for now for in his life, in, his, him in, in, in uh, development more than 20 years. And he told me that, uh, he had the idea that, uh, working is there most complicated project for him for now. So that's exciting. Incredible. Yeah. And I think it's important to note, right? Like it's not just the three of you guys running this business. You've got an experienced management team that you guys have hired and trained to, to help you run your business so that you guys can focus on where you're headed with walking now. Yeah, precisely. We we like with the support of the team, we know we can trust and rely on. Yeah, it, it gives us a uh, strong confidence to experiment and to basically be on the edge, exploring how this project can be useful to the community. And Alexei Kosin and myself, yeah, we are, we are like uh, paying a lot of our personal time to that right now. And as everything in the beginning, it's super, super exciting to build that with your own hands and, but also having the team to support you. So that's why for the last, uh, three or four months when we started doing that, like we, we made a tremendous progress and the, the MVP is actually almost completed. So we are, we are aiming for launch of MVP mid-March, maybe like end of March. So like re relatively short. So within a month from now, from the time of recording and yeah, so that, that would be, that would be close with our IDO time. So yeah, we're going to be entering the market with the product listed on the exchange and yeah, like the real fun, the big fun is going to begin very soon. That's awesome. So all of these people that are anxious to get their hands on the app and, and start playing and walking and earning are going to get that opportunity soon enough. Yeah. Get those Catholics competing. And I, I still remember, you remember guys, that's when there was one of the posts on the socials where we posted like the possible outfits for the Catholic and like how they could be interchangeable and stuff and how you can make them look differently. Like folks were discussing that all week, what they can do with their Catholics, how they can dress them up. And yeah, like it was unbelievable the level of attention to, to details that came from the community. So it really motivates you to, to deliver something cool to them and yeah, to get it done so sooner rather than later. That's exciting. Is there anything else about the project that you think we should let people know? that we didn't cover today? Mm. Are you guys going to have other apps? 
So the vision right now, like the big vision for, for, for ourselves that we have is to create the walking protocol, our own, as uh, we, we would like to make sure that, okay, we, whenever we build the second product or we can build it ourselves, or we can invite our developer to do the development as well, because we're, a lot of app developers and game developers that we know want to get into crypto, but they just don't know how. So they, like they have an app or, an, or a game, so we can help them do the marketing the way we're going to do that. And we can help them do the sort of, uh, introduction to the world of crypto, the right partnerships, the, the right connections you using, you using all of the kind of DeFi services and DeFi mechanisms. So we can scale the ecosystem, not just by our own means, but basically by the means of, of the development community that we have, and then spreading it this way. So this is the big vision. And th this vision is born on the fact that we have to business uh, in the apps business, we actually build not just the company, but also the platform. Because we, like in our web to business, we sell not just on Apple or Google, we actually accept uh, people's credit cards directly via PayPal and Stripe. And we built our entire billing infrastructure in-house. So we can have to build businesses slash platforms that are adapted and built for scale. And this is the mindset that we're bringing into the web three as well. For now, the, like the initial goal is to build the successful product first. And once we do that, we already have the vision on how that can be scaled and how we can make like our own protocol and platform out of it. Because then the folks that are developers out there that are creating apps that have successful apps, they can focus on the app component and you guys can provide them the hooks to the tokenomics and to reaching out to existing users, et cetera, et cetera. That makes a lot of sense. That really does. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the plan. That's awesome. How do people, how, where should people go to get connected, get on the list, et cetera? Yeah, that's walken.io. That's where all of the information is. And out there we have the, the links to Twitter, to Telegram, to Discord. So to all of the socials and yeah, the community is super active. Feel free to join. And uh, yeah, you, you can ask any questions. Our support team now working almost 24 seven. So yeah, and the updates are coming pretty much every day. Yeah, especially as we get closer, we get way more content and way more things and we, we launched a lot of like education posts on like how exactly the game economics is going to work, how, how the competition system is going to work. So before, before the actual product is launched, you can get like a sneak peek and, and a high level guidance of like how exactly that's going to function. So that by the time the product is out there, you can ju jump in and, and, and start getting some tokens. And it's W-A-L-K-E-N dot just for everybody that may not know it's not walking or walk in it's walk in E-N. I ask a question of everybody that comes on the show. It's going to be an interesting answer from you guys, but I'm curious to see what comes out. I ask everybody that comes on the show, what is a project or person in crypto, DeFi, whatever, that you have a lot of respect for or that you've been impressed by or that you think is just really critical to the growth of the whole industry? Yeah, that's a great question. When I started uh, looking into what like crypto is and Web3 is from the development and ecosystem perspective, yeah, obviously there is like a, a ton of information, but one, one guy I've been following for a while, his name is Naval Ravikant. So yeah, he's a very, very famous angel investor and is a blockchain enthusiast. That is maybe just one of the ways you can describe him. A super smart guy, a very philosophical and just kind of understanding the everything what's going on and also the nitty gritty of uh, of the Web3 and his, his vision on on what Web3 is 
and like why the migration of really great developer talent and just the entire business is going to happen to the Web3 is fascinating. And just uh, listening to Naval on his, on some of the interviews and also some of the, his own podcast episodes. Yeah. Made me realize that, okay, this is no longer just the hype anymore because such smart people, such influential people joining this and believing in this and back in this industry. Yeah, it does mean that there is something to it and it's more just the sort of cryptocurrency hype. And um, yeah, I would say this, like personally for me, it was some of the big inspirations and following this path of creating the new era of internet, creating the new value and especially knowing that things on which we can deliver already, yeah, makes us all super excited and yeah, we, we really hope that whatever we can deliver would be appreciated by the community and yeah, we can get some good stuff done and get some, a little bit of our own contribution to the entire Web3 thing. That's awesome. I think you guys are going to have a big contribution. Uh, either of you guys want to go, Basta? Or... Yeah, I, I would say that that we have like, and, and we had before, like lots of people to follow, but then we met Brad Nico. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, but I am nowhere near that <laughs> that level. Thank you so much. That's nice. No, Brad, you've been a great inspiration too. It's like your jokes aside, when how we call you the the crypto father of ours, <laughs> uh, kind of, kind of in, in the early days, uh, just kind of helping us navigate in the industry and just telling how things happen. Now it makes sense and it's uh, it's a little bit of a no brainer. But back then, when we just got introduced to each other. Like when we were listening to you, I remember just one of the first calls. It was like talking to to the universe in, on, on Zoom, and yeah, I, I, I just wanted to put down my like pen, a, a piece of paper, and just writing basically everything you were saying. Nice, thank you very much. That's really nice of you guys. I I got to tell you, I'm I'm obviously enthusiastic about what you're doing, but I'm I'm enthusiastic about the model. I'm enthusiastic about its potential, but it wouldn't be happening if I wasn't enthusiastic about you guys as a team. And I think that you're an awesome, just traditional startup tech story, but I think the capabilities that you bring to the table for this ecosystem are really powerful. And that's why I've, I've been more than happy to help in any way I can. Really appreciate that. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited to, to get this one out. And I think the listeners are going to be excited about it too. I really appreciate it. No, th thank you. And yeah, come on in, join, join our website, uh, join walking. And yeah, uh, we look forward to seeing you on the competition, fighting with some of our Catholics. <laughs>